Please listen carefully. Welcome to Unofficial WoHo Radio, a podcast by women's hockey fans for women's hockey fans. I'm Alice, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Tay and Loren. Hi. Hello. Uh, today, we're talking about... Well, there hasn't been a whole lot going on recently. There's been a lot of signings. But basically, we're going to talk about signings, the Riveters and their lack of coach, the Chinese team's rebrand, which is endlessly confusing, the fact that trades are not needed in the C, or arguably the N as well, and Cassie Campbell and her comments. Signings. Let's go. Um, a lot of people signed last week. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people signed, but we don't really, like, know because we keep track of that. Um, I mean... In my opinion, I was like super excited when uh, Kelsey Colzer announced her re-signing. Oh yeah, that was cool. Yeah. Oh, here I got a breakdown from the Victory Press. Thank you for their fancy little um, infograph here. Um, it's all filling out a lot. Like Boston and Minnesota still. Well, Boston, Minnesota, and Connecticut are nowhere near as um, filled out roster-wise as um, the Riveters. And Buffalo basically has a full roster except for, like, two spots right now, I think. Um, so it's, it's filling out. Yeah, they have a Real lot. Nice. The, C's signed, the C has signed a bunch of people. They signed, what was it, like, Decker? Bellarine Decker. Yeah. Yes. That's big. Hillary Knight, you're next. <laughs> Remember last, last episode you were talking about... Um, how you were hoping the coach, Anna Miller, I believe her name is? Yeah. How she was talking to people and how, and then I was thinking, because then I read that their their comments when they signed, they said that they liked Shannon Miller as a coach and they were excited to work with her. So I mm-hmm. think that she really like called them up and pushed for them to join. Yeah. So I think you were totally right there because they they specifically mentioned that they liked her as a coach and that's why they joined, part of why. That's cool. That's new. That's a mix. That's like mixing it up because what they were in like what Boston or Buffalo or something like that. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it was Boston. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Poor Boston. They're looking real thin. Um, they got a signing this past week though. Haley Scarupa. Yeah, they got Scarupa. How you saying? Yep, Scarupa. I think. I don't know why I said that with confidence. I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, they got Bert. They got Gagliardi, which is good. Trevino field they got like decent people they just need more people mm-hmm. i think it'll fill out though because like it's been it's been you know going at a pretty steady pace so far it was only really shocking because buffalo signed so people so many people at once that's true but like yeah honestly the u.s women's national team they usually don't even sign until like the day after free agency ends yeah yeah so true. I'm, I'm really shocked that so many of them i don't know how many of them, only like three or four, <laughs> have like signed already. Mm-hmm. And sometimes a lot of them, I notice, like sometimes they'll just full on take a year off or retire and go on to coach. Yeah. So, like the fact, so people are like talking like about how there's like not a lot of like, ooh, or where are all the Olympians? Well, a lot of them take the year off. They spent like a year and a bit doing super intense stuff. Sometimes they want a break or they want to coach. I know after every Olympics she did, Haley Wickenheiser would be like, I'm going to retire. I am done with hockey. I am exhausted. Plays for another five years. Um, yeah, basically. Yeah. 
So that's it. See, watch. We're gonna like, like we're gonna end this recording. I'm gonna log onto Twitter, and I'm gonna see that like something super big is happening, and I'll be like, "No, we missed it again." Yeah. <sighs> but yeah, until then, I mean, there's been a few shakeups, but everything's chugging along. People were looking worried, but I think we're good. Mm-hmm. I have good feelings about the whale, and I'm gonna keep repeating that to myself. Speak it into <laughs> fruition. I will speak it. I, I've planted that mm-hmm. seed, and I will see it grow. Haven't the whales signed a bunch of international players? Yeah, they have. They have a lot of new people. They signed a bunch of international players. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head who they were, but there's three big ones that were really good. I'm gonna go find them. Michelle Lillenheim. I'm sorry, I'm probably ruining all these names. Oh, I, I will as well. And Sam, Sam Walther with the Connecticut Connecticut Whale. They are. Um, Michelle is a Swedish national team member. Yeah. Um, yeah. Czech Republic national team member signed. I'm scrolling through the tag right now. Uh, there's a Swedish Olympian. There's a uh, Korea Olympian. And another one resigned as well. Oh, so yeah, these are from a few um, weeks ago. But they're really bringing in a lot of people from around, which is which is good because for the first year of the end, they they brought in a lot of international talent because it was like a cool new thing, and then it kind of dropped off in the second year. Yeah, and now it's like coming back, which I'm really happy to see because it, sometimes there's just not places for people to play, or like it's really good because you don't want to be really America centric, um, North America centric. Um, even though they are like an American league, it's good to see them bringing that in. Um, I have high hopes they continue that trend because that'd be really nice to see. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Oh, um, a finished goaltender signed up for the CWHL draft. See, yeah. There's been some interesting draft activity with, uh, with people in general. I'm excited for the CWHL draft this year because it's like the first year I've actually known who some players are. Yeah. It's always hard to keep track. There's so many people. Like, usually... Usually they're all like straight out of college and I've never heard of any of them. Maybe like one person. Yeah, the NCAA. But this year I always find it hard to keep track. I don't even know where I would begin to jump in. You find like some of the most popular teams and you go from there. I follow through other people. It's it's really hard. Like I don't blame anyone for not being able to keep up with it because there's so much stuff and it's so hard to follow. And it's really hard to keep track of streams and stuff. Because, like, almost everyone either streams from their site or streams from a third-party site, and there's, like, ten different third-party sites. And sometimes you have to sign up to pay, and sometimes you don't. And it's it's so awful to keep track of. So I usually just follow through Twitter, and if there's, like, a big game on, then I'll, like, tune in and pay attention. But it's, it's really difficult. I mean, to be fair, most not super popular college sports are. Like, if you aren't college football then you're out of luck. But, hey, how are the Riveters doing? Uh, I'm, they're doing pretty good. They've got a lot of really good talent signed, but uh, there's still no coach. R.I.P. The Riveters are strong, independent women who don't need no coach. They will coach themselves. I still, I still <laughs> find the image of, like, five of them being like, all right, we'll all combine our skills into, like, the ultimate coach. And then, like, they come off, like, the they come off from a shift and jump up onto the top, like where the, where the coaches stand and then be like a temporary coach. And then they like jump on for their shift and another woman comes to replace them. And it's just that the whole game. I find that, I find that image really funny, even though it's like, no, you need a coach. No, that's way too chaotic. (laughs) 
be really funny. That's like if you had like a comedy about hockey, that would be a something that would happen at some point. It should not happen in real life, though. They have, um, I noticed looking at um, the uh, Victory Press's like NWHL roster table that they have because it's all very nicely color coded by um, Melissa Burgess. Burgess, I'm probably butchering that. I'm very sorry, but she broke all this down and it's really convenient if you go look that up. I'm going to look in the show notes because it's actually so useful. And I noticed that both Buffalo and Metropolitan Riveters, that's an unfortunate name, uh, both have a lot of people returning to play versus the people like yeah. Minnesota and Connecticut. And Boston doesn't really have enough to have like, they, they, it's kind of like half and half. I have a lot of people who are new. With uh, with Minnesota, mm-hmm. it's there's only one person out of the uh, like five or six who have signed who are uh, who is who's returning, and same with the, the whale. They have a lot of new people. Like they have like five new people and three who are returning. So it's an interesting breakdown. I'm not sure if we'll see like more people returning to play or more new people, mm-hmm. but that's that's an interesting trend I've seen so far. And I've noticed that um, at least with the Riveters, I've noticed that players will talk like they've already signed with the team before their signing is announced so it's possible that there like are more signings that just haven't been announced yet yeah you know yeah it's kind of weird i feel it's because you've noticed well i've noticed that um madison packer was talking about how she's excited to return to the riveters and how she's like already making plans for the next season but she hasn't announced a re-signing yet. So I was like, maybe, you know, Anya's the same way. Maybe Anya Badaglino is signed, but just hasn't, like, announced it. Yeah, or maybe they're, like, currently, like, negotiating in quotes, like, kind of thing. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, we don't, the behind-the-scenes stuff is all very confusing because it's either, like, ooh, very professional, or, by the way, this is happening, and then, like, they mess it up somehow like with their um with their schedule being leaked and then people got like push notifications about it and they were like oops we didn't mean to like put it onto this app and then like that was a whole thing yeah i really want them to sign on the teams they were in before because anya belongs with the whale um but she also belongs with packers i don't know (laughs) okay well we can only talk about how much we don't know about signings for so long so Chinese teams and really long names. Okay, can I just say, of all of the, like, things that have happened with China, like, the signature expansion to China, I think the name change is, like, the least interesting of all of those things. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many, like, shady things and, like, weird things and cool things that have happened that, oh, the fact that they're going to rebrand because they're kind of downsizing is, like only interesting because there's not more interesting stuff to sort of take over the news cycle. It's only interesting because it's the off-season and nothing else is happening. Yeah, for context, if you haven't heard, because it's not really that interesting enough to write more than one article about it. So the Van Key Rays out of the two China teams, last year there was the Kloon Red Star K- KRS, which is what most people call them, or the Van Key Rays. The Van Key Rays no longer exist in the CWHL. Now the main Chinese team is going to be called the Shenzhen KRS Vanky Rays. I don't know the reason for that. There is a reason, and the Ice Garden had an article about it, so you can go over there, and it's like CHL Chinese team gets rebranded, and that's like the title. But it's like that's that's it. They just mushed the names together, and that's it. It happened. I think the reason is like they're trying to frame it as more of an integration. Oh, yeah. Just, like, 
well, see you, Vankeries. We don't actually want to keep you around here. I guess it's like more, it's more respectful to kind of combine the names instead of just to like drop one. Um, yeah, yeah. Like pretending it never existed. Yeah. Like it's a mouthful and I do not like the name because it's a very long thing to say. Yeah. I like, I like, see, I didn't mind the Kalun Red Star because that was kind of long, but then again, Metropolitan Riveters is also like pretty long. And there's a reason people just call them the rib. Excuse me? <laughs> hey, Connecticut's long too, but people just call them the whale. That's why we have abbreviations and nicknames. And that's why I'm just going to call them KRS because it's just a very long name. Yeah. And no one ever says the name Connecticut whale unless they're trying to like make a point or something. I don't know. Um, speaking of the sea, their trades are weird. They're terrible. Yep. Oh, man, I don't <laughs> want to think about this again. Oh, uh, but you gotta, you gotta for the podcast. Oh, no. <laughs> Do you want to elaborate on why they're terrible? Because I just know they're just, irre- like, not needed. Like, it might as well just be a signing, but, like... Basically. Um, so, yeah, in the CWHL... Uh, players can choose where they want to play, even if they like already have a contract. So, if you remember a few years ago, or only two years ago, uh, Lacasse used to play for the Blades, mm-hmm. but she got a job in Calgary, so she requested a trade. And because in the CWHL at this time they weren't getting paid, um, so they could, if they had a job somewhere else, they would get traded to wherever they wanted, where they had a job. And so Lacasse ended up going into going to Calgary, but and that trade, trade in air quotes, of Lacasse going to Calgary completed a trade from like a couple of seasons before that of Tara Watchorn going from Calgary to Boston. Okay. So it takes like a season or two or however many for a trade to actually be like completed. Huh. Well, that's silly. So. Yeah, it kind of makes no sense because you're not really trading a player. You're just being like, okay, here you go. And hoping that in a few years or someday, somebody from their team is going to want to play on yours. Oh my god. Like, it doesn't make sense. It's such a mess. That that reminds me of like what I was talking about earlier with like how smaller leagues... Or new leagues always feel like they have to replicate everything the big established ones are already doing. So like it's like, oh, mm-hmm. we're a small league, but we're also a hockey league. And the NHL has trades and a lot of big t- like like a lot of like everyone else has trades. We do trades too because that's what you do. Even though it doesn't make sense within the context of how your league operates. You might as well just do resignings. Like have people be on like one like one or two con- one or two year contracts and then if they want to leave they leave and they want to stay they stay. Like that's it cuz cuz everyone has jobs yeah. outside of the league. It doesn't make sense to have a trade that takes 5 years to be completed. That's half that's half of the time your league has existed at this point. Like that doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, like and I know like the NWHL has just one year contracts mm-hmm. and like obviously trades still happen. But I think that would be a much better system than signing multi-year contracts and then having a player decide, I want to go here, and the team has to let them, and maybe I'll get anything in return. Like, in the C, you can't even really do, like, oh, we'll give them our draft pick, because players in the draft also can request where they want to play. So... It's like they need... 
they need like, a new, they need to work out their own system for like what you would get. Trades make trades make no sense in in this. Huh. Like obviously, it's good that they'll let players go to where they have work where they can actually make a living and keep playing hockey. Yeah, but but also it is it is a pain. <sighs> Please stop it, Jaina Hefford. That should be your like first thing as commissioner is to make trades make <laughs> sense. Fix the weird trade system. All right. Okay. That's something new that I only sort of thought about recently because you brought it up. So. Because I I know that I, I I didn't even like think about like how contracts work in the uh, in the C because I just assumed it was similar to the N because that makes sense for a small like short like small very small league where you have yeah. full time jobs is like why didn't you just have a one year contract? But that's that's just weird. They should change that. And speaking speaking of changes. That was a really bad segue, but I'm just gonna go with it. Cassie Campbell's made some comments. A while back. I'm not going to say exactly when because I'm not going to timestamp this, even though it's already been timestamped. Cassie Campbell made some comments <laughs> on a boat. Uh, and they were, they sure were comments. Uh, does anyone find them? Um, um, I know who tweeted them out because she was the one who transcribed it, but I'm going to find her. It was Kristen something? Okay, I found the quote from Cassie Campbell. Um, do you want me to like read the you know, just comment? Read, like the parts or... you think are relevant because the whole thing is mostly just the vibe of what she's saying, more than like the specific parts. But yeah, so I like also I, I think if you've been if you follow women's hockey in North America, you probably already know what we're talking about. And if you don't, we're gonna tell you. Basically, Cassie Campbell was on a Sportsnet radio station, I think Sportsnet nine sixty. And he's talking about how, like, one league is everyone's vision, except for one person. And then she proceeds to say, I don't want to point fingers, but it's Danny Ryland. <laughs> Basically. Very subtle. Um, and um, she um, basically kind of highlighted, really she, she said she's asked Danny Ryland, like, how much money is the NWHL making? And apparently it's not much. So then Cassie Campbell, I mean, like, it's a young league and it's a women's sport. So, like, it's it's not going to be something that's maybe profitable right away. Oh, that's with any company. Like, Twitter didn't make money till, like, three, like, till, like, last year. It's just, can you hear yeah. my cat? Yeah, I heard. <laughs> <laughs> she wants food. Um, but, yes. So, yeah, talking about the end, Cassie is like, why would somebody want to buy something that's not making any money? And she kind of makes it sound like Danny Ryland is, like, desperate to make funds because she has, like, investors and stuff. Uh, well, I mean, there's a difference but between, like, know. there's a difference between, like, angel investors, like, paying attention to, like, this kind of stuff. And I know very little, but what I do know is that there's kind of two types. Like, angel investors, I think, might be screwing this up, but they kind of, like, give you, like, a few million dollars and they expect, like, like four times or 100 times that much within a certain time span. And then there's ones that invest because they want like long-term growth. And there's like, obviously like in between, but like if she's going for like ex extreme amounts of profit, that's not going to happen. But if she's going for like slow, steady growth that leads to profit in like a few more years, then that's probably what, like that's probably what her investors expect. I see no reason why they would think this league would make a million dollars 
not a million, but you know, like a ton of money right away. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. Also, one thing I find really interesting is like a while ago, Cassie Campbell um, was doing interviews and stuff where she was saying it could take like two weeks of meetings and the leagues could be working together. That's never going to happen. And when she said that, I don't, I don't know whether she said she means like working together as one league or working together in a smaller capacity. But now in this comment, she says the way the two leagues are structured, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. That does make sense. So like what happened in the past month or two that she's changed her tune so much? Well, yeah. Cause they're completely different business models. Like one of them is a non-for-profit and one of them is specifically for profit. Like there's no way to mesh that together within like such a short time span. And I was reading, a lot of people wrote a lot of really good stuff about this on Twitter. Yeah. And uh, specifically, I'm going to read, I think, that kind of makes sense. She words this really well, and it kind of explains, it kind of um, elaborates on the issues I have with how the CUHL people have been talking about this problem with like one league and joining the leagues. And I'm just going to read these tweets out and then we'll be done, I guess. They're by Meredith Foster at Foster Writes on Twitter. And she um, tweeted in response to Campbell's comments, stop shaming other women. Treating sports like a business, which it is, does not make the NWHL any less noble or idealistic than the CUHL. In order to pay the women in both leagues a living wage, business sense and savvy are needed. Not to point figures. Ridiculous, Campbell. Cutting down other women with the same ambitions only winds the gap and harms the common goal. Knock that, knock that mm, right off. I'm really sick of this one league honey talk from either side mixed with the vinegar of blaming the other for it not being a reality yet. Women's hockey is not um, what it was even a year ago. Acknowledge that reality, cut the bull and move forward. And I feel like that's really good because a lot of it's like, like the morality thing of like, oh, if you want money and run it like a business, you're not as noble as the people who are running it as a nonprofit which is like silly because it's like yeah. either way you want to pay the players and you want women's hockey to have a big platform. And it, like, however you go about that, some ways are obviously worse than others, i.e. handing it over to the NHL. But at the end of the day, like just because you have different business models doesn't mean one of them is automatically worse than the other. They're just two different things. This is like relatively new, like within 20 years, like the C hasn't existed for that long in comparison. So... This kind of needs like a bigger discussion and we keep having it every single week just because it's still relevant. But yeah, that's the main thing that's continued to bother me is that treatment of the NWHL as though it's not as though it's like intrinsically like corrupt just because it wants to make money, which is like not a bad thing to mm-hmm. want because you want that money to pay the players. You want that money to function to be able to function as a league. And yeah, you know, I'm I'm sure the CWHL expanding to China had nothing to do with wanting money from them. It's complete coincidence they happened to start paying players that second right? of the year right after they made that deal. It's just it's just weird. Like there's this weird uncomfortable lack of willingness to see it from the other's perspective, especially as a fan of both leagues that just really frustrates me because I want what's best for the players and however that happens and Mm -hmm. I do believe that what's best for the players is not going with the NHL unless the NHL gives like only owns it in name it that will never happen they want full control like the the NHL league commissioner's name who I've forgotten because he's irrelevant he mentioned that he would want full control the NHL would want full control of that league 
So it just wouldn't be good. But I mm-hmm. think I want no. what's best for the players. And if what's best for the players is one league, then you know what? Sure. If that's what's good. And if what's good is two separate leagues that work together and like constantly collaborating, that's also good. Whatever, like however that works out, I want what's best for them. But this isn't what's like petty bickering in the press without actually like talking to each other and taking these weird snipes at how people try to get things done is just not going anywhere. Yeah. Also, especially with Cassie, it's like you stepped away from the CWHL. Like, can you stop now? Like, you you don't represent them anymore. You don't work for them anymore. Go home. <laughs> stop doing interviews on boats. It's, it's like people still wanting to be relevant now that a topic's become important that they were semi-involved in a while ago. Just like, come on. Leave it leave it alone, Cassie, please. I think that's going to do it for us today. Uh, um... Yeah, we'll just leave it at that extremely uh, pleasant stop. <laughs> yeah, so um, thank you for listening. And you can find us on Twitter at Woho Radio, on Tumblr at Unofficial Woho Radio. And you can find all of us on Twitter, me, Alice, at YOLO Woho, Loren, at Spoon Ickelson. And you can find Tay at Rivs underscore r underscore roland no g r a r e like that's that's how it's spelled and i just like to give a quick thank you to everyone who has listened to us on radio public radio public's paid listens and our you know tip jar donations are currently the only way we're um funding this and we really appreciate it and you're really helping us out and if you could go leave a rating and review on itunes that is also a big big help it helps us a lot and as always thank you for listening and we'll see you later bye bye